This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Yeah, we're talking about uh, expect the unexpected, giving of expectation. And one of the things I'm going to uh, talk about, really the root of this, which I believe is the tithe and and I really had difficult time when I heard about tithing. When I grew up in the church that my family went to, I never heard the word tithing. Didn't know what that was. And uh, I know that my parents would make a yearly commitment and they'd just decide what they wanted to give. And uh, I remember um, wanting to give, to be a giver even as a, a child. And I would always ask for coins, try to get, you know, dollars. And um, anyway, have some crazy stories about me and my giving. And, you know, probably heard about me putting it in the Lord's Supper when it went by. And me trying to catch it and crawling under pews. And uh, unfortunately, coming up under this lady who was sitting in a pew, I... Me, I was just a kid. I come up in between her legs, you know. And I'm looking around. Where's the uh, basket? The, and uh, anyway, I really caused a, a ruckus there in the church. But it was all about giving. I, I wanted to be a giver. But I had trouble uh, competing that, you know, God, I'm struggling here with this budget. And you're wanting me to give 10%, which is what the tithe is. And it just didn't make sense to me. Then I started thinking now, why do you need money, God? I mean, if you want, if you want a, a house, you just go house, boom, there's a house. Dr. Pepper, boom, there's a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> but what I found out is that I needed to give to God. That was for me. There's something that happens to us when we give to God, when we give to our king, when we give to the one who gave it all for us, gave his life. And now uh, you couldn't catch me. It got to the point, I got the revelation of, of this that, uh, church that we were at and um, I called up the pastor because I had done the I was doing taxes at the end of the year I, I noticed we were a little short on our tithe and that uh, just my heart sank and I called him up and uh, I repented before him and he <laughs> I don't think he'd ever anybody do that <laughs> And uh, anyway, I, I told him I, I was sorry. Um, and I said, I do it to honor my Savior, my God. I'm so thankful for everything he did for me. And he said, well, you know, you're, you're forgiven and, and all this. And uh, anyway, a little awkward conversation called the phone. And um, the next day when I was finishing up, I found out I had not uh, shorted my tithe. I had made a, a mistake. And me, I should have just left it alone. 
But no, I made another awkward call. I want him to know. <laughs> so I call him up. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? I'm one of his elders. Boy, Lord Jesus. <laughs> so I call him up. I tell him, Pastor, I, I know this. I did make a mistake. I did tie it. He goes, oh, thank God, Bob. <laughs> and uh, uh, it was another awkward, but it, it got better because of Gal's phone. And uh, I did not mention that again to him because it, it, it is a personal thing between you and, and the Lord. But tithing is for our benefit. And it does something on the inside of us. You know, it says where your treasure is, your heart is. And we can look at everyone's finances and see where your heart is. Is your heart in Big Mac or is it in God? You know, you can look and see by the way you spend your money. And it's so true. And even if your heart's not into tithing, I believe you can start by faith because the word says do it. And all of a sudden, your heart will change and shift. And you'll treasure being able to give to God. And then when I ran the Hebrews uh, chapter 7 where it said that Jesus personally took the tithe, I go, oh my. And I imagine myself every time that I gave my tithe, I was in the throne room giving it to Jesus. Woo! You weren't going to stop us from tithing. We were going to be tithing. And then offerings started giving above and now we give a, a good bit above. And it's just because it's, it's a honor to worship him with my giving. I get to worship him. Well, you know, God doesn't want people to prosper. Well, I look in the scripture. He blessed a whole lot of people. I think it's like what Pastor Rob was saying last week. It depends on where you're at. I remember... Uh, reading about Michael Jordan that he was gambling, paying, playing golf, and he was spending uh, 10,000, putting 10,000 a hole on the line, you know, 18 holes of golf. That's a good bit of money. But they, then they figured out his salary, and that meant a dime to him. I thought, oh, yeah, anybody do a dime. It's all according to where you're at, right? So, contrary to popular opinion, God does care about what you do with your money. And it's amazing to me when I think about Jesus sitting. He, he went to church one day into the temple and he sits by the offering box. And he watches what people are putting in. Can you imagine that? You can give your, your tithe and offering today. You can go to the boxes in the, in, in the back. And there's a chair there. And you say, Pastor Rob, looking to see, what'd you put in? <laughs> That's what Jesus was doing. It makes a difference what you put in. He cares. Because it's connected 
to your heart. It's also connected to the covenant, but you know the story. The, the widow puts in two coins, two mites, and Jesus makes a, a big deal out of it, calls his disciples over and says, look, this woman has given more than them all because she gave all she had. Isn't it something that you can, your gift can get the attention of God? The woman with the, who broke the, uh, the, the jar of perfume, a year's worth of salary, and then washed Jesus' feet, their hair, and that perfume. Judas gets upset. I'm sure others were thinking, wow, that was, a, that was a lot of money. Now, here's the, God doesn't want you to prosper. Let me tell you, to have a jar of perfume that was a year's wages, I would say they were doing pretty good. I believe they were one of the major supporters of Jesus. He had a bunch of women following him around giving him money. We know that. So Jesus taught a whole lot of money and stewardship. In 16, Luke 16, verse 10, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, in which is the least, that's the least he's talking about, who could commit to you your trust to trust your trust to true riches. That's the much. If you're not faithful in the least, you're not going to get the much, the true riches of God. What a statement. Well, when my boat comes in, money, I'm going to give to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay this building off. I'm going to do this and that. Where are you doing now? Well, nothing. I can't afford it. Yes, you can. We were real tight at one point, and I said, Lord, I don't have anything to give. He said, yes, you do. I said, what? He said, you got some blood. I said, go give it. I said, okay, that's what I did. I'm glad y'all have never been that place. I'm, I'm so glad. Okay. God's not going against his word. If you're not faithful with money, he cannot trust you with true riches. Trusting God, the least place that you can trust God's with finances. If you're trusting him for eternity and you can't trust him to take care of you while you're here, your money, you're not trusting him in the least. Trusting God in the area of finances is the least area of trust. You can't do greater things without doing the lesser things. If I can't run a mile, I can't run a marathon. If I can't lift 10 pounds, I'm not going to press 100 pounds. Just common sense. The least. Be faithful in the least.
and I've got this in your notes, trusting God with your finances, the starting place of trust, which will open up greater trust in God for bigger things. I've seen people give to a believer, and they're unbelievers, but they gave to a believer, and it, God used that gift to open up their heart and start ministering to them. Your gift will make room for you. I'm, I'm telling you, there's power in giving because you're acting like God. He's the greatest giver of all. What if you're believing for your family to come to Jesus? What if you're believing for emotional healing? If you can't believe in the least, you're going to have a lot of trouble for the much. See, true riches are things that can't be purchased with money. Only God can supply. Only God can give. So we give our natural gifts to God. He gives us back spiritual and natural gifts back. It's powerful. And see, when you give to a king, when you give to Jesus, it's like the queen, queen of Sheba who came to Solomon. Remember? She was going to impress Solomon. And she brought all this wealth and all these things to, to Solomon. You can, you know, read the list of all she brought. But she was coming to a king that God had favored. And you know what Solomon did? He said, oh, you think you're something, your gift. Sent her back with seven times more than she came with, than she gave. And that's what God, the same God who saved you, promised that those saints that you give to the kingdom, that you sacrifice for the kingdom, he'll give you a hundredfold. It's the same God. We've got to believe him. We've got to trust him. And let me say this, if you're already tithing, stretch your faith. God always wants you releasing your faith. To give offerings, to give more. Be a blessing. We had a guy in our, uh, that I worked with, and he was having marriage problems. And he was wondering what to do. Uh, I met with him every time we had a good conversation. I said, what you do, you go all out for her. He said, what's that look like? I said, first start with flowers. He said, I have no extra money. I'm working at the same place you do. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we were able to buy gifts, flowers, stuff for his wife. You know what? His gift, and I said, don't go and say that we, you know, bought your gift. <laughs> it made room for him. It opened up the door just a little to get back into her heart. And when that door was open a little, I said, you don't stop. And wow, their marriage 
thrived five kids later. You got, you got money, you can, you can change things. You can be a blessing here and there. Be faithful in the least and God will trust you with things money cannot buy. Look in verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, what belongs to someone else, if you're not faithful in what belongs to someone else, who will give you what is your own? I'm thinking, what are you talking about, Jesus? What? He brings this up and he explains it in the next, let's look at the next verse. Verse 13, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. What's he saying? He's saying, give to God what belongs to him. If you can't be faithful in what belongs to God, hmm. You can't be faithful in what belongs to another man. How are you going to get the blessing, the harvest, the blessing of God in your life? And see, all through scriptures it says, God says the tithe is mine. It's, it's very plain. So my question, are you serving God or mammon? That spirit of greed, materialism, or where your God is money. And that's what Jesus is saying. He talked about money so much. More than hell, heaven, prayer. I mean, he talked about money. Because it's the one thing you've got to have to live on this earth. And he said, I want you to give it to me first. I want you to exercise faith and watch what I will do. Because I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give back so much more than you've given to me. Because it's just God. When you give to God and you place him in his position of being first and give him what belongs to him, the honor and the praise and the worship that belongs to him, it's an automatic thing. Boom. God's heart is touched and you, are, you have overwhelming blessings of the Lord come upon you. God is a good God. Leviticus 27.30 says one tenth of the produce of the land whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. Tithing was in the garden. Tithing was uh, before the law. We see Abraham uh, tithing was during the law. Tithing was after the law. Jesus talked about tithing in scriptures. In Hebrews, we see that Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And we are to worship him with the tithe. And it says that here men receive it, but it says there, there he takes hold of it. God himself or Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father, takes your tithe. And he presents it to the Father. So I give 10% and he redeems the other 90%. It's blessed. 
Those holes in your pocket, the scriptures talk about. Holes in your pockets. Well, I'm a tither and I felt like I have holes in my pockets, but God will close them up. I'm not saying you won't ever have times that you have to stretch, you have to uh, put your faith out there, but it works out. I've never had, there's, I've never had someone who started tithing and say, I regret giving to God. Never had. Never heard of it. Billy Graham said if a person gets his attitude towards money straight, it will straighten out almost every other area in his life. <laughs> God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And one of the ways you diligently seek him is to give him what belongs to him. He said it's holy and sacred unto him. It's a holy thing. Well, pastor, I don't believe in rewards. Well, Jesus does. God does. I had somebody get upset for me one time. I don't believe in rewards. That shouldn't be any motivation in my life. Well, God believes in it. He's the one who started it. He's the one who said rewards. You should use it everywhere you go. Your kids, rewards. Train them up. God uses it to motivate us. Yes, should we give without having to have a reward? Yes. But God laid it out there. Well, we just go for the rewards. Anybody want a reward? It says he's a rewarder. And when we give, he rewards it. Those that went to the outreach, God rewards that. Well, awesome time. People hungry. Really to have people minister to them, be around them. Didn't we have someone get born again? We had a person give their two, two that gave their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not talking about young whippersnappers there. <laughs> gave their life to the Lord. Got to hear a great testimony from a lady that was saved and um, just... She, uh, she's on the word. I mean, she gave her life to the Lord. Said a neighbor invited her to church. Said it was a Pentecostal church. And she said she just wound up at the altar crying, gave her life to Jesus Christ. Hadn't been the same since. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 10 Verse 23, then Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches. There's a lot of people trusting in riches who don't have riches, but their trust is in riches. And he said, it's hard for them to enter into the kingdom of God because they have their God. And so you'll defend who your God is. 
And people will defend it. Say, no, I'm not giving, giving the God now come up with some, some excuse. But really what they're doing, they're serving a different God. I'm talking about there's some believers <laughs> that have given their life to the Lord, but they're serving a God of mammon. Said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a sewing needle. It's a sewing needle than for a man trusting in riches to be saved. Verse 25, disciples, they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? <laughs> now that should get our attention there. Well, who can be saved then? Either they were thinking everybody's putting their trust in, in, in money or they knew a lot of rich people. <laughs> Jesus looked at them and said, if men, it's impossible and they're not with God. For God, all things are possible. Then T Peter began to say, see, we have left all and followed you. And Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the gospel who shall not receive a hundredfold now, say now, in this time, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, lands of persecution, and in the age to come, eternal life. So what I want to talk about and all that to get to this point, the big picture of tithing. And it goes way beyond money. And like I said, it's a spiritual, holy thing. Isaac, and this is in your notes, is, uh, was a type of Jesus. Maybe Abraham was a sacrifice, his son. And it's interesting that God speaks three times. He said, offer your son. Then he said, offer your beloved son. And then he said, offer your only son. He tells Abraham that. Now, how many know Abraham had another son? Ishmael had another son. But see, God didn't want the promise was not in the flesh. It was in the promised seed. So now you have a type of Jesus and many people believe that this was such a covenant moment that if Abraham had not offered Isaac, then God would have had to find, find someone else to take that step and offer their son where he could offer his son. But that's covenant stuff. Abraham heard God. The Bible says that Abraham was tested by God. People ask me, does God test people? He didn't test them with evil. But his word's a test. His word's always test. You cannot test your faith until you've heard the word of God. Once you've heard the word of God, there is a test. Will I obey him or not? Will I do what he says or not? Pretty simple. But that's the test. We, we get that test every day. Am I going to obey God or am I going to walk this way? Am I going to do what God says 
or I'm going to go this way. So Abraham, of course, did what he needed to do. He started to sacrifice his son. Now, he was in faith because he told the men at the bottom of the mountain, he said, we will return, me and the lad. He really thought that God was going to raise Isaac from the dead. And he was ready to sacrifice his son. And, of course, God stopped him. And that's where we find that he is um, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He was revealed at that time as one of his uh, revelatory names. That God's name is provider and provision. And see, when we don't honor him with our giving and trust him, we're saying, you're not a good provider. We're not trusting his provision. I know sometimes it just, ouch, it's true. Jericho. Jericho was a, a tide. This was the promised land to, to Israel. It's the first city uh, in the promised land. They were going to take these cities, the first city. And what did God do? He said, it's a tithe unto me. So I don't want you to touch it, take any of it. And Joshua 6, 17, Jericho, uh, and everything in it must be completely destroyed as offering to the Lord. Only Rahab, the uh, prostitute, and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spot. I love that. She protected our spies. Wouldn't protected your spies. God said protected our spies. In it together with God. So it's all sacred, holy to be set apart to the Lord. Eight, uh, verse 18, do not take any of the things set apart for destruction or you're, you yourselves will be completely destroyed and you'll be, uh, bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought to the treasury. Now, here's, here's a good thing uh, about we live in the age of grace and um, you're not cursed for not tithing. God still loves you if you don't give to him, if you're not tithing. Aren't you glad? God loved me when I got saved and I wasn't tithing. He still, he still loved me. I still was having communication, praying, good time with God, but I was missing out on what God had for me. And there was, there was more. There was things I wanted to see happen, but I was not trusting him in the least where he could do the much. And then, you know, Achan, and you can read that in Joshua 7, that Achan he, he stole from God's tithe. And he wound up losing his life, his family, animals, everything. Gone. Because he touched what was holy unto the Lord. So it's an example that this, this is a serious thing of God. Next one is Israel. Israel is a tithe. Jeremiah 2-3, Israel was holiness to the Lord, the first fruits of his increase, all that devour him will uh, offend, disaster will come on them, says the Lord. 
Most people don't realize the nation of Israel is God's tithe to the world. He wanted to reap the nation, so he sowed the nation Israel to the world. That all nations could come and worship God. Where's the grace people come against Israel? I wouldn't push it. I just wouldn't go there. This is God, God tithing. Exodus 4.22, Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel's my son, my firstborn. What's first? That's tithe. First fruits, firstborn. First. My firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. Things didn't go well there. So Jesus, the next one, next tithe is, is Jesus was God's tithe. He's firstborn from the dead, first among many brethren, Colossians 1.18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Then all things he may have preeminence. 1 Corinthians 15, 20, but now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So Jesus was God's tithe to receive new creation sons and daughters. Well, pastor, I don't believe in tithing. Well, God believes in tithing so much. He's a tither. He's a tither. It's a kingdom principle that we are to bring value and that which is precious and holy is a worship unto God by putting him first because he is first. And when we put him second, that's out of order. He can't respond to that because he's, he's first. He's the greatest. He's the awesomeness. <laughs> he is everything. And we get to worship him and thank him for saving us and making us a part of his family. It's an honor to worship him. It's a blessing to worship him. I'll tell one more story that in, in our difficult days when we were tight, <clears throat> I made the decision to be a tither and we could not pay a utility bill and our lights went out. Just a little embarrassing when you work at Memphis like gas and water. I said, Lord, I'm embarrassed. He just kind of laughed. <laughs> the next day, I, I go to work. And the, I still don't know how it happened. They don't give raises and put things in place without much thought and going around and around different boardrooms and <laughs> for anything gets done. But I went in and I got, came out that day with $200 more a month. I'm going to look at God. 
went to a friend of mine there. I said, um, you know, I, I, I didn't get the, the, the light bill paid. He goes, uh, we all forget. I have to admit, I didn't explain. <laughs> he said, oh, I'll get taken care of. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm believing that won't happen to you. I'm just saying <laughs> where I was at, and I made a mistake of having the car that I believe the cheapest car that you could drive is one that you're driving now. I proved that that is a lie from the pit of hell. I put so much money in that car, I should have shot and destroyed it a long time ago. But I'd read a book, so-called book. The best way, keep the car that you got. Just go ahead and pay maintenance and stuff. Everything went wrong with this car. Everything. Car door falling off. Are you serious? I'm serious. I had to tape it and tie it on. The car door fell off. And I take it into the shop there, and, and they tell me that I used too heavy of a grease on it to lubricate it. And I'm going to break a weld? They said, what did you use? I said, 10W40. Yeah. <laughs> and I wound up going through this series of things. I, I went to a, an, another place, and they looked at it and said, this is a default, factory default. The welds are shot and everything. I said, well, let me tell you, I've, I've been to the other place, and oh, we can't touch it. You've already touched oh. And they didn't know what to do with it. I wound up on the phone trying to get hold of, um, oh, what was his name? Alcola, uh, that, who? Lee Alacoca. Is that it? I know I'm right. Never mind. Y'all aren't helping me. <laughs> but anyway, um, and I'm, I'm talking, I, I don't get to him, I'm talking to a team, and they, uh, to one of his assistants, and I, I, my first question, what kind of car you drive? And they were driving the Ford. I said, I don't blame you, I wouldn't drive one of your cars either, what you work for. And told them what happened. And they were just, and the next thing I know, they, they called the, the shop and we at least got the welds on where I could take this car and trade it and get rid of it. Now, that's another story in itself. I had the car floored, and it's going like five miles an hour. Smoking. I always said I never want to be one of those cars that smokes everything. I'm smoking everything. And I, I literally, to get... Now, on Quince, I had to shut my eyes and say, Jesus, because it drive me, I just wasn't going to move. Jesus. All this. I pull up into a place. He said, we're closing. I said, I'm a motivated buyer. He said, well, come right this way, sir. 
I said, I looked in the paper. You have some program cards. I want this one. And he goes, uh, okay. Uh, he said, uh, I need to drive your car. <laughs> he said, sir, do you, would you like a drink while I go? <laughs> I turned pale and, yeah, yeah, I need a drink. So I pray for him while he's gone the whole time. He gets back, and he's pale. He looks like a ghost. That's Mr. Thomas. We can't, we can't give you much for that car. We'll pay for the tags and your new one. I told him later after I got the car, I would have paid you to take it. Let me finish because we're on time. But God will take care of you when you become tither. God wants us to be tithers. Number one, he's after our hearts. Number two, our tithing is our worship to him. And uh, I don't have it in your notes, but I put a third one. Uh, he wants to bless us. It's a way for him to bless us. He is a extravagant father and wants to bless us. Isaac was a tithe to bring Jesus to promise seed. Jer Jericho was a tithe to bring future cities for God. Yeah, we're to bring, take cities for God. Israel is a tithe for all nations to come worship God. God's tithe points to us. Our tithe points to him. So the big picture of God's tithe is you and I. He, he was tithing for us. And we get to tithe, really, for us. Because we're honored to know the creator of the universe is our Father. Hallelujah. So let's bow our heads. Let me just ask you a couple questions. Maybe you're not a tither. My question is, do you trust God to take care of you? The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Put your trust in him and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Do you trust him to take care of you? Are you afraid of not having enough? He said not to worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. That if you seek first his kingdom, all things be added unto you. And I submit to you, seeking first his kingdom includes putting him first of your finances, your resources. So we got a 90-day challenge. So I encourage you, if you're not a tither, it will change your life. It changed our life. Take a step. And after 90 days... If you say this doesn't work for me, we'll give you your money back. We've never had anyone take us up on it, but, but it's there. We promise to do that. But, but God said, prove me. Prove me in this. So put him to the test and watch what our God will do for you. Because he's in love with you.
head over heels in love with you. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Give your tithe to your your church. They gave to the Levites and those ones that were shepherding and pastoring. Give to your, your church where you're planted. Offerings you, ha- you can give where the God leads. But first give yourself to the Lord. If there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, give you an opportunity to make him Lord. Maybe your heart's been stirred and you know you need Jesus. You know you need to get right with God. Maybe you're watching online or maybe you're here. Whoever you are, this decision can change your eternity. It's the most important decision that you can make on this earth. What will you do with Jesus Christ? So if that's you, just mean this from your heart and God will save you. Let's say it together. Oh God, thank you for Jesus Christ who died for my sins, who took the penalty, the consequences of my sins. I receive the amazing grace of God and I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me, Lord. I give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277. 